Shadow Wizard done, driving down the 101. California, here we come, right back where we started from. California! Welcome to the OCV, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. I'm your host for the evening, the one, the only, Mike Gravano. And with me, as always, I'm very hustle up happy to H- see I, I him. I have stuff to say. He is my best friend. I say love him so my much. name. His name is Ryan. Do you think this is weird? Let's uh, pull the curtain back a little bit. Let's uh, show some leg. We have redesigned the studio. The audience has seen a different thing now. Yes. And we used to look at each other from the east and the west of the studio. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking at each other from the north and the south. Different lighting. Is this weird to you? Like, yeah. is this okay? My internal compass, my moral compass, everything's askew. I don't know what to do now. Do you think it's fucked up that every time we change it, we're still making eye contact? No. Should we test out the fact that maybe no eye contact would make the best show? I think live audiences really like staring at our silhouettes. I just stare at only each other. Do you want to do it when we do it? And I, I, I'm going to insist that we do it next episode. Do you want to do it? Our bodies are facing each other, but we're looking at the ground. Or do you want to do it back to back? Like I'm gonna hold you up, and you hold me up, and the rain is—it it feels like it's coming from. Up, I like out that of the a lot. Or we could both pivot in different directions, and almost like we're two spies sitting at different diner tables. Oh, and I'm reading a newspaper from like ten years and ago. I'm eating some toast. Uh-huh. Just eating the shit out. Of you're that eating toast. toast from ten years ago. Toast and from man, ten years ago. That toast's gonna make Wait, you sick, bro. But you're a spy. You're in a good this spy. Diner? Is yeah. this like a New Mexico nuclear test site more than a diner? Is this a bad place to spy? If if we do the thing where we're always moving, do you think that like who's gonna take lead? Like, are you gonna adjust constantly and then I have to adjust, or like, are you gonna wait for me to adjust? If we're doing it right, nobody can tell who's leading. We're just in that wall. It's a one, two, three. That's one, not two, like three. in great dancing. People can still leader. tell. Yeah, they can still tell who's leading. Damn it. More like Swan Lake. There's no leader in Swan Lake. What's going to happen is we're going to have a pre-show conversation where you're like, I'm going to lead. Mm-hmm. No, what you're going to say is you're going to lead. You're Ryan, lead. you're going to lead. But then the 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 bell Pardon? whistles, and then you're going to start leading, yeah. and, then I'm a, and then we're both going to be leading. It's going to be ridiculous. And that's great. Two leaders. That's what everybody says they want. Two leaders, too many cooks. And then you're going to do that thing. Like, you have a whistle in your mouth, and one whistle means... Uh, I lead now, mm-hmm. but two whistles means goats come out, uh-huh. and you're just gonna keep freaking out and doing two whistles. There's gonna be so more many goats, goats on stage. More goats. Th- isn't that what everybody wants from ballet? A goddamn surprise of more goats. Goats are all over the internet. I don't think there's enough goats in ballet, but then also like we do pay our goat wrangler a ton of money. So maybe let's use them once in a while. And what is this? Our 27th consecutive show with no goats. No goats? Yeah. So that's that's I mean that's half a million dollars down the drain every week. We should I mean and she's great. Goat wrangler Marissa, she's fucking awesome. Yes. But maybe she should earn her keep. And she does by keeping the goats safe. But maybe they should actually start doing some tricks. And it sucks because goat wrangler Marissa like sometimes we'll blow the whistle once. And she's like, all right, goats, wait for the second one. And it never happens. And then we talk about Marissa so much. Oh, yeah. She thinks we're talking about her, and then she's ready for her to come out with her goats. But we're talking about Marissa Cooper. That's why I had to say goat wrangler Marissa. Yeah. And I mostly feel bad for the goats. They don't know what this is. They know they were trying to do a thing, and they never hear the release. If we hired a 
cow or sheep wrangler. Mm-hmm. Those animals are so fucking so stupid. Fucking they dumb. would have no idea. You stupid ass. They don't know farm that they're animals. like they're not. Uh, what are they on the grass on the stage? They have no idea. But, but these, these goats, goats know that they were brought to Hollywood. I could be doing yoga in Newport right now, but instead I'm supposed to be on a podcast. Says this goat. All of these goats are divas, like way more than cows mm-hmm. or sheep. But like, there's a couple of goats. There's two particular goats that I have in mind, and I know that you know which yeah. ones I'm thinking of. <laughs> the goats that think that they're better than goats. Do you are like? Do you do you like them? Like, do you? Uh, they got you spunk. relate to them. I kind of do. I like their moxie. And I mean, one's moxie, one's spunk. Those are their names, right? But they also have those qualities. No, don't. That's how goats get their name. That's true. Like goaty and goat-like. They're very. They got their names because he one is goaty and one is goat-like. That's true. Go get. Is it coquette? What? What's that French word? What am I trying to say, Ryan? Yeah, go get is very coquette, but like a goat. Also, like a French goat. Yeah, some that Frenchy ass goat with a beret, smoking circles. Do you wish that we did hire sheep or cows? No. Cows scare me. We're a goat show. Super boring. We're a goat show. We're a goat ass show. We're a goat ass show. We're going to cross a bridge. But don't fuck with trolls. I, I will also say that there's no way that we could find our uh, Sandy Goat Hen or our uh, Goat Lee Cooper. No. In cows or sheep. But when we get a big herd of goats, we know exactly we who know those each are. each and every You've seen that goat one. with the giant eyebrows who is always it's trying to defend children from jail. Obviously, Sandy Goaten. I guess Luke could be that big cow that's tearing up the internet five weeks ago. Luke will always be just a golden retriever. That's true. What am I trying to do here? It's just different goddamn species. Do you want to go back to five weeks ago and talk about that giant goat? Cow? That giant cow, yes. It's weird, right? It was weird. Do you think it's real? I don't care. <laughs> I just love that the internet's like, we need something hopeful. Let's believe in the big cow. I, uh, I've i got a thing. And you know I have a lot of things. Yeah, you have like, so many things. i got a thing. And that, that means a lot of things. But one of them is uh, giant animals. You're into them. Not, not like in a jerk-off way. Yeah, I didn't not, jerk not, off not, the giant sh- cow. Well, I think she doth protest too much. <laughs> if, I, if I saw the cow's feet in sandals, then sure, I'd be jerking off. <laughs> but uh, just looking at that giant-ass cow, like, it's impressive, right? Yeah. She massive. She thick. <sighs> do you think there's more of them? Probably. Because I do, I don't know if you noticed, that giant cow hit, and then people started being like, this isn't real. So other people started being like, but this one is. So now there's a giant cow off across good. the Good. <laughs> I love a good cow off. We need more of that because the world is burning. And everybody likes to be that person who's like, uh, the internet's stupid and this is false. And I just do it for things that like I don't care about. I would never say that, that big Not cow was false because cow. I want that cow to be real. Yeah. If, if it is false, it just means somebody's great at Photoshop. And yes. they're my giant cow of my heart. How about them? How about they're, they're my new giant cow? Yeah. God damn it. Do you want to know what we're doing tonight? Is it about cows? Do you want to be my giant cow? <laughs> tonight on the OC. You write the best Valentines. Banana is in town for giant cow Passover, but she's sweet for some reason. Summer strives to learn all the Passover rituals, and Sandy and Kirsten try to figure out what's the deal with Nana. She- Meanwhile... You said she's sweet for some reason? Yeah, everybody, the whole the whole episode, they're like, why is she being nice? That's right, not our okay. nana. I got it. Not like delicious. Meanwhile, Marissa bails in Newport after learning about Luke and Julie, and Ryan figures out she's hiding at Teresa's in Chino. All that and more on tonight's OCD. Ryan. So, Mike, you uh, you said that there were multiple goats on this episode of the OCD. Meh. <laughs> 
Yep. The goat CD. The goat CD. So which which goat are we going to talk about first? And all the music, Ryan, provided by Goatier. Very nice, Mike. Some goat I used to know. Do you want to actually talk, Ryan? <laughs> no, I want to get into the fact that you will disrespect <laughs> someone so much to say, oh, that's just some goat. Like, if, if you and I are walking down Hollywood Boulevard, and then a goat dressed to the nines <laughs> is walking down the other way, and that goat, like, nods at you, looks at you, gives you that look. Not just like, oh, I used to know you, but, uh, hey, what's up, bud? And you just ignore this yeah. goat. You're going to whisper to me now 10 minutes later. That's just some goat that I used to know. Why did it have to go and cut me off? But you understand that I, at that point, I'm going to know that. I fucked that goat. <laughs> not only did you fuck that goat, but you told that goat that, like, this is going to mean something, baby. No, I, no, no. Like, would. we're going to. Oh, you did. But did you think that it would actually go somewhere? Goat somewhere? I was hurt that it goatsted me. Just stopped responding to my texts. That's not okay. So she stopped responding to your text? Yes. Okay. But is that because that she didn't like you or that she has hooves and it's hard to text? Who could say? She didn't text me back. I don't goat, know. Goat could say. No, wait. Goat could goat. Is every word goat? Every word is goat. Goat, goat, goat. Ryan, this episode opens. Uh, Ryan Atwood and Luke have been out all night looking for Marissa all around Newport, I guess. And I, I'm sorry, I'm trying to, I'm struggling to remember it. This is because Luke screamed at the top of his lungs. <laughs> I'm done Julie fucking <laughs> Julie Cooper. I fucked her like this, and I fucked her like that. Any bad white boy rap. I fucked her like a wiffle ball bat, <laughs> son. And Seth uh, was supposed to be manning the phones all night. Uh-huh. And Luke, Ryan's like a little frustrated, maybe, probably just because he had to hang out with Luke all night. Luke is pissy at Seth for sleeping. Pissier than somebody who fucked their ex girlfriend's mom and yelled it from the mountaintop should be and this is important life advice like i understand that everyone can get pissed but you have a line and uh-huh. that's all o- you cannot cross the line that uh like you deserve because you fucked up right so you can't get pissed at somebody who fucked up less than you and i do i think it's because luke is a simpleman a simpleton and he doesn't know how to be mad at himself so he's he almost turned into old luke like he wanted to beat the shit out of seth but what we get is, and I know that we hate Seth on the show, but what we get is Seth finally feeling secure against bullies mm-hmm. because Seth has Ryan in his life. Yeah, mostly that. And Luke is not just a water polo player anymore, but a destructor of lives. Yeah, and, but Seth sees him as a three-dimensional person for all the good and bad that comes with that. And I got to say, man, like we love the Ryan and Seth show, but the Seth and Luke show, yeah. I, I kind of enjoyed. Like, it's, it, uh, There's a lot of animosity. But I do like how they play off against each other. Yes, yeah, Seth being comfortable and not liking somebody is fun. That's I think that's the Seth people remember. And it makes you realize, as Seths ourselves, go ahead, talk to the Lukes of your life and see that they don't. They will not have anything to do back to you except mm. for punch you in the face. And that's all you got. That punch does hurt, I mean, yeah. admittedly. But then you're just on the ground screaming, that all you got when they kick you over and over. Who won that fight, my friends? I bet you can't kick me again. Oh, <laughs> nope, you can't. Oh, that was a rib. That one made me vomit. So the three boys are going, what do we do? And then Julie Cooper walks into the room, and she looks very embarrassed. But, I mean, at this point, Julie Cooper just thinks, oh, Marissa ran away because she's a troubled teen, and that's the only reason. Uh-huh, and Luke is like, they all know. <laughs> And then she has the fucking gall. Luke looks right at Ryan and says, I'm done having sex with Julie Cooper. <laughs> and Julie's like, God damn it. 
Uh, and really, it's all Luke's memorized had to say like 10 sentences, and, that, and that's one of his, and he's proud that he knows it. Uh, she has the gall to ask Seth and Luke to leave the room. And I, I fucking hate this in shows when somebody enters a room and says, can I have the room? And more people than that person have to right. leave. Say, Ryan, can I talk to you outside? No, Don't like everybody else leave. Everybody sit here where you yes. are. We'll go outside because that's more convenient than asking everyone to leave the room. I watched an episode of Better Call Saul recently and they were in the big conference room at the evil uh, law firm mm-hmm. that he wants evil, to work Evil, evil, and evil. The evil, evil, and evil. And King Evil uh, asks everybody but him and Jimmy to leave the room. And there's like 30 people who all trail out. Grab Jimmy and walk out to the hallway, ass. That's the height of success, I think, is how many people can you get to leave uh-huh. a room? I'm going to try. Every room I enter. Yeah, for me, it's all of the people every time <laughs> I enter a room. I think I'm the most successful You don't even person. have to open your mouth. They just fucking hightail it out of there. I don't have to open my mouth, but I do have to open my butt. Oh, yeah. It's my farts that make them do it. Stop doing the Ace Ventura impression. It's not cute anymore. Never. It used to be. But my goat Ventura. Goat Ventura. Can somebody... It's great. Everybody loves it. Why don't we leave the goat Ventura impressions to me, Mike? Don't do them, all right? I was doing a Ryan goat Ventura impression. You're going to make it seem like goat Ventura impressions are stupid. That's true. And in fact, they're wonderful. I'm sullying their fucking honorable name. So, uh, one of my favorite Ryan lines ever. So, Julie has made Seth and Luke leave. And she says... Whatever you th- think you know about me. And Ryan stops her and goes, I don't care about you. I care about Marissa. Let's just fucking find her. I got to say, though, Mike, if I may. You may. Uh, Benny, Benny Mack, Benjamin McKenzie, is one of our favorite actors of all time. Uh-huh. He's in our two favorite shows of all time, OC and Gotham. Um, Let's let me not forget about Southland. And Southland. You did that so much better than he did. He is... He's actually not a good actor. He's not a good actor. He's not a good actor. And the way that you did it was cool. And uh, I I felt like you actually don't give a shit about Julie, where Mm -hmm. he he pushed it hard. That that was one of the ones where he put... He wanted her to know that he didn't care, which means he does care. There's a uh, Ryan Atwood line at the end of this episode that we'll get to later Mm -hmm. that I thought was perfectly delivered. This line was not that. Uh, And then she she tries to save face. And later they they do their tete-a-tete. And she goes, I would love to stay and chat with you, Ryan, which, no, she would not. But I have to find my daughter. And his response is, not if I find her first. And that sounds like he's going to murder her. Or what it sounds like is that he had that uh, that first line ready uh-huh. in the chamber and thought that that would be his only line, not knowing that the conversation would continue and he would have to think of a second line, which was, not if I find her first. And then they just stared at each other until fucking California came in. Oh my god, where's those credits? Please, please start the credits. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the house, we find out the Nana is coming and the house is going crazy. But the Nana's coming way, way later. Way later. Like we're 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 uh, the house is crazy, but we have hours we have until the Nana's gonna get here. Hours until the Nana's coming. And Mike, the way that TV works is that like if they say that the Nana's gonna get here in multiple hours, she it's will. gonna be multiple, multiple hours. Multiple hours. That's a TV is very predictable. Yes. And it's never Drama full. It's drama free. Uh, Seth and Summer get into a tiff because she goes, I want to meet the Nana. And he goes, nope. And then she's like, you're embarrassed by me, which they've had this version of a talk. And he goes, no, but she won't like you, which means he is embarrassed by her and he is gutless. And Sandy's freaking out. He's remaking the bed and looking for shittier sheets. And I do think they're a rich enough family that they don't have shitty sheets. I guess they're on Ryan's bed in the pool house. What? Uh, what uh, is it? String? 10,000 string Yeah, man, sheets? you have shitty sheets. How many strings are there sheets? <laughs> 10,000 strings, and all you need is a silk pillowcase. 
All right, so let's start with Seth. Seth has felt like Summer is embarrassed by him, mm-hmm. right? That's already happened. Mm-hmm. Do you buy that Seth is embarrassed by Summer because the Nana's coming? Summer's a smoke show. Yeah. And do we think that the Nana, because we're, we're going to meet the Nana that's a very different Nana than the characters now. Right. Would the old Nana tear Summer to pieces? Wouldn't the Nana be so stoked that Seth is with a smoke show? I think so. Seth is so worried. I don't. It seems like in the past, the way they talk about that, Nana liked Seth because Caleb likes Seth. So who wouldn't like Seth if fucking Caleb does? But Caleb has that thing of, oh, you'll go through your phase right. of being an idiot nerd, and then. And so I think the it, Nana. Probably, the Nana's better than Caleb, but does she also think that like, oh, you're gonna go through your phase and then become more like me? Yeah, maybe she wouldn't like Summer because Summer seems like a noopsie. But that is also Seth not giving Summer credit for everything Summer's gone through, which is more than any other character growth-wise. And she does know how to... One, she loves old people, and she declares that, and we've seen her work with old people. She's very good with it. She's the Blanche to Anna's Rose. And she is the only one throughout all the versions of the Nana who actually deals with the Nana very well throughout this whole episode. Also, like, there's this one true North for all of our characters, which is, uh, like, love the genuine and find the genuine uh-huh. and appreciate that and, like, hate the fake. Right. Right? Like, that's how, in the OCD, we've gone to think that Kirsten mm-hmm. is the best character and not Seth. I think that the Nana would have seen that Summer is not exactly what she wanted Seth to be with, but see the genuine, Right. right? And because I think Summer at this point is fully, Summer and Ryan are the ones who are fully like, this is who I am, world. Deal with me now, which is crazy. So that's what they're going through. Sandy thinks Nana will check their bed sheets uh, and judge them. Sandy thinks that when the Nana comes in, excuse You're me, ever- choked up. <laughs> I'm about to cry. Everyone has to turn around, pull the pants down, because Nana's going to get a flashlight in the teeth spanking. and look right in the oh. butthole. <laughs> and then spank that inside of the butthole. Check for drugs and worms. And then Kiki... Knows the Nana, but still says, she just wants you to be happy. And he goes, no, if you're happy, you're not working hard enough. They, like, really build up who the Nana is. And then she comes in hours early, very sweet, gives Ryan a giant hug, and goes, California. And they all go, here it comes. She goes, not so bad. <laughs> and that's what I love. This is the first opening credits where uh, it starts, and the song starts playing, and the Nana comes in and starts arguing with all the lyrics. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, and that is the intro of the show. That's where everybody is at emotionally. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the adventure of Ryan. Ryan. So Ryan has looked all over Newport for Marissa. They've even called the Four Seasons or wherever it was that Oliver used to live in. Remember Oliver? Yeah. And the what, who's the person that worked there? Natalie. Natalie said, oh, I haven't seen Oliver in months and uh, Marissa's not here. He looked in every nook and cranny, including the English muffin factory that has all of the nooks and crannies. All of the nooks and crannies. And he looked in every single goddamn one of those. And then he was talking. He's like, I don't know where to look. And somebody's like, hey, I would hide where nobody would ever expect to go. And then all the light bulbs in the nook and cranny factory light up behind his head. And he goes, she's hanging out with Teresa. Also, Ryan's the only character who can read uh, the uh, credits. And uh-huh. he sees that uh, Navi Rabat is in this episode. And he's like, oh, wait. Oh, I'm going to go to Chino because Navi Rabat is in this episode. And who's Navi Rabat? Teresa. Teresa. Because I recognize that name. I'm going to go. Hang I'm going to head straight there. My childhood chums. So he shows up in Chino at Took Teresa's house. And Ryan, 
Guess what's going on at Teresa's? Well, Teresa decided to uh, bail from her hotel room, not tell Ryan a thing, Mm -hmm. uh, leave his watch with a fat pervert, as we discussed, (laughs) and then go back to have an engagement party. And And she is still fully a junior in high school, having an engagement party, junior in high school. Not graduating, not going to high school. Not going to high school, at her mother's house, and she is a minor, engagement party, and everybody's treating it like it's normal. Teresa, if she was a guest on the show, would say, I'm 16. I, can, I know when to drop out and get engaged and have an engagement party. And her mom goes, whatever my kids do is right. Even though is the, why one of her kids is in jail, I guess. Even though the engagement party is Pixar themed. Like, it, it is just Wally everywhere, and it's totally fine. And Eddie was like, that's not even my favorite Pixar movie. I want it to be planes, and then we ought to throw things at Eddie. That's not even that's Pixar, That's not Pixar, Eddie. Eddie, dude. That's Disney. And he went, it's my engagement party, and stomped off. All right. We have had this conversation multiple times. Is Eddie right? Is Eddie wrong? Now I want to talk about the engagement party. Uh-huh. Is Eddie, in all of his actions, because he does get serious here. Like, he's six, 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 six boys. Six, six, six on Ryan. Ryan. Yes. And says, when I get back, I'm going to go grab a drink. I don't want to see you again. And here, by the way, are three of my boys who will. Unrelated. Have you seen my friends? My boys. (laughs) Is Eddie, does Eddie do wrong in this episode? I do think for not, he knows his friends, for not expecting them to shove Ryan to the concrete and scrape his little elbow. He Ryan got scrapies. He got so many. Scrapies. Ryan got scrapies. Uh, that was foolish. But he didn't say, "Get him, boys." He's not the penguin from the 1940s Batman. But he did walk away, knowing yeah. that his boys would say, "You want to come in here? I will show you." <laughs> I'd like to think, that and they he, gave him scrapies right away. That he went to right away those scrapies. I'd like to think he went to grab a beer for all of his friends. Turn around and went, "I was telling a story, <laughs> chumps." <laughs> Where have my chumps gone? <laughs> it's my engagement party, and then he walks off. I don't care about Ryan. I just want my chums to be with me at all chums, times. Chums, I have stories to tell. Do you remember your engagement party where you tied little uh, like ropes to all three of your chums and we yeah. had to follow you oh, wherever you went? I'm not letting my chums give somebody scrapies. There's no way that uh, <laughs> your chums could leave your side. No, you better stay with me. If there's scrapies, I want to see them. If one of your chums gave a person scrapies, <laughs> would, would you be pissed at the chums or the scrapie? A scraper or the scrapee? Yeah. Who's who's the fault? The scraper or the scrapee? Who scrapes the scrapeman? Because for the people who have not watched this episode recently, <laughs> Ryan falls down like a full-on seven-year-old on a scooter and gets a full-on scab like a seven-year-old on a scooter. And then suckles on it like a little <laughs> seven-year-old on a scooter. Oh, scrapees. But after... Ryan gets scrapies. Uh, Ryan has been in juvie where he's gotten black <laughs> eyes and gotten the fucking teeth kicked out of his face. But these scrapies <laughs> really hurt him. Hurt him to the core. Because I, I do think because he's trying to be a good guy and Eddie is only seeing somebody who should deserve scrapies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it could be that Eddie walks to go get a drink and then is upset that his, his henchman gave Ryan scrapies. <laughs> or I can see it, Eddie going to the window... And then watching the henchman going, yeah, give him scrapies. <laughs> scrapies, henchman. You give him scrapies. Put him on a scooter and give him scrapies. <laughs> the best scrapies come off scooters. <laughs> and then Teresa picks him up. Teresa finds him and is like, hey, I guess I shouldn't have bailed like that. And Ryan's like, hey, we're just good friends. 
What's going on here? Well, that's the thing that the OC has taught us, and we recently learned it at the uh, pool table, not Luke and Ryan, but uh, Ryan and Oliver, uh-huh. is that the uh, person on the ground gets all the attention. Right. So the scrapee, the, the person who gets the scrapees gets all the attention. So Eddie should know, if he had lived around a OC pool table, that now every all the attention, all the girls are going to go to Ryan mm-hmm. and say, like, are your scrapees okay? Can, we, can I help your scrapees? I've had, uh, I was dating this girl, and how many scrapies did she have? She had zero scrapies, but she she did ghost me hard. And then it was a long distance thing. I was visiting her roommate, who was also very good friends with. And then I fell down a hill made of sand uh, and got real bad scrapies on my hand and head. Concussion scrapies. And then that's when she finally stopped ghosting me because I guess you can't ignore a concussed drunk kid, dude. <laughs> it's so easy to disregard a person with no scrapies. You just stop calling them. Just stop calling them. But once a person, person gets one or two scrapies... You gotta. You have no choice. forever. Yeah, you have no choice. You fell down a sand hill? Yeah, a dune. <laughs> On my way to officiate a wedding. I feel like you making me call it a dune makes you seem cooler. <laughs> I'm not gonna call it a dune. Just call it a dune, Ryan. And you got it on your head and... Hand. Hand. I threw up my hand at the so last these, second. You, you did dune weed. I was tumbling, <laughs> dune weeding. Uh, I saw a wooden wall and went, oh, that's going to kill me, and threw up my hand. I still have a scar on my hand, but was certainly concussed. I got to say, and I'm not trying to take anything away from your scrapies, but uh, Ryan got his scrapies by being pushed as if he was on a scooter yeah. onto concrete. Sand scrapies. No one cares about sand scrapies. It's not from sand. It was from a wooden wall. You got your scrapies by running into a wooden wall? Dune bugging into a wooden wall. See, I don't know, man. I think that, like, if I was Teresa and I watched that happen, no, she would still run out yeah. to you and she would still say, are you okay with your scrapies? Are you okay with the scrape scrapes? So she, they make up and then Eddie makes up with Ryan with a beer. And I think at this point, Ryan and Marissa have yelled at each other the first time. And Marissa, who is really putting a lot of people out who don't know her, went, who called him? And they're like, nobody, bitch. That's the thing is that uh, Ryan is saying, I'm not leaving without Marissa. Mm-hmm. And is Eddie right to say... No, get the fuck away from my fucking party, dude. I do. I kind of. Ryan knows where she is. She is safe there. She said, she, like, she's with Teresa's family, the most trustworthy family in Chino. That's the banner yeah. that is outside of Teresa's house. And Chino. And then the other thing is that, like, I get how Eddie's pissed, but he just did the exact same thing. He busted into yeah. an OC house and said, I'm not leaving without her. In fact, grabbed a girl by the arm yeah, and said, Ryan did not do that. I'm going to push bruises into your arm because I'm not leaving without you. Eventually, Marissa says, hey, Eddie, Ryan's Ryan. Do you think he could stay? And Eddie does say he he relents. Yeah, and, and not only relents, I do think tries to make amends. He hands him a beer and he's like, everybody we know is dead or in jail. Can we be friends again? <laughs> Which is the typical Chino talk. And then they o- both of their lips quivered hard. And you would like to think it's because of scrapies, but I think it's because of internal scrapies. And I really like Eddie because a lot of characters on the OC are uh, like full bully or full not. Just mm-hmm. they're pushed to the extreme. But I think that Eddie, all he wants to know is that, oh, okay, Ryan's in love with Marissa. Right. Therefore, I think I'm going to be cool. Also, he Ryan's part of the old gang. So... He hands him a. I think he hands him a beer. Yeah. Even though he's in high school and should not be drinking. Well, either. Eddie obviously doesn't know what people in high school should and should not be doing because he's going trying to marry a high schooler. Eddie has knocked up four <laughs> Chino girls and is picking one to marry. That's how Eddie do. Also, I don't think we've mentioned in this episode of the OCD that Eddie looks like Satan. Eddie straight up looks like Satan. His thin head. <laughs> yeah, the thin head really narrows, and the way he like 
gels, flaky ass gels, his hair into curly horns. And the way that, yeah, like two weird red horns come out of his head and how he'll pick up a beer with his tail? What the yeah. fuck, Satan? That's a that, little devilly. That's weird. You devilly ass devil. So <laughs> that's what's going on with Eddie. And then uh, let, let's wrap up Eddie real quick because he's giving Ryan the beer they've made up. But then when Marissa and Ryan start yelling at each other, this is when he says the titular line that we've referenced a lot. He goes, he come on, DLC. guys. It's the OC. <laughs> he says, it's my engagement party. Very whiny. And then just wanders away. Also to talk to his chums, assumingly telling a story. I like Eddie a lot by the end of this episode. Yeah, I think that he usually makes... He made one bad decision, as opposed to Ryan and Seth, our so-called heroes, who make a nonstop string of uh-huh. bad decisions. He should not have gone to that man of the year party. Oh, I thought you meant proposed to a child. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also proposed to a 16-year-old who should finish college. Um, real quick, Marissa, once Eddie is cool, mm-hmm. once Eddie has given Ryan permission to take Marissa out, Marissa does not want to go out. No. And she tries to get away from Ryan. Yes. And Ryan holds her. Yes. Not Eddie holds her. No. Not bruisingly holds her. No. And Bruce Willis does not hold her. <laughs> Ryan holds her in order for Marissa to have a little bit of a freak out. Uh-huh. And Ryan should get the fuck, should let Marissa do whatever she wants. Uh huh. Right? Like, she's a person. But if he didn't hold her, Marissa could not have her FYC moment of throwing a tantrum about all of her things. All of her things. Are all Emmys won because someone holds you back and lets you, makes, makes it so you can't do a thing and then you have to freak out? I've Is never, she trying for an Emmy here? I've never tried to knock in a bar fight. I've only gone for Emmys while in a bar at somebody who wants to fight me. That's not true, dude. Like, every time you think that you want to cut your meat with a steak knife, I say butter knife. And then you go for a steak knife, and I hold you back. Yeah. And you freak out, and everyone loves it. Like, the way that you it. freak out, you everyone loves it. I just go for Emmys all day or a day. Did she win an Emmy for this? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Daytime Emmy, even though they're in nighttime? No. <laughs> no. Are you saying it wasn't good? They said, uh, at the reverse Emmys, they said to Marissa Cooper, you will never win an Emmy. The Remys? She didn't even get a the Remy? Remys. She won the Gambit. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, a, mad, uh, a good moment from that freak out is she screams, I don't even know why you're here. And then Ryan, laying down the law, says, maybe you should think about that instead of always thinking about yourself. And that fucking sucks her into herself that's when she became a transformer (laughs) and five marissas came together or i guess voltron and then crushed the entire engagement party teresa was like no stay as long as you want just don't become a marissa voltron and she couldn't not do it couldn't not do it she also said um once she saw ryan scrapey she said uh i'm gonna get some alcohol and clean that and it was hard to tell what she meant was she just saying i'm gonna go get some alcohol Drink all of it and then clean <laughs> that, clean or it. I'm gonna get some alcohol to help clean that. Who knows? It faded away. It's the spinning top of Inception. We'll never find out what it means. Uh, so that fight happened, and then they're all trying to eat cake, and then Eddie's just shoving cake into his mouth with Ryan and Marissa because he's hanging out with the two people he knows the least, which I relate to a lot of parties. Oh, yeah, sit at that table. Uh, and then sit at the table with the fisherman and the pirate. <laughs> that's gonna be how you, how you learn things. And then Teresa walks up and is like, what are you doing? We should leave. He goes, I'm eating cake. And she goes, no, you're not. And he goes, oh, okay. Which oh, is- I get marriage. So now we're just fucking cracking sitcom jokes, <laughs> yeah, even though we almost gave each other all the scrapes. King of Queens all day over here. He's just ready to be 
fat guy. Uh, I'm Jay Leno now. I apologize for being. Uh, I apologize for giving you scrapies before. Now we're best friends and telling non jokes. <laughs> and then it ends very heartfelt because Marissa's like, "What am I supposed to do now?" Uh, and Ryan goes, "What about me?" Even though he accused her of thinking about herself, "What am I supposed to do without you?" So are they done romantically? I I mean. I'm glad they're done romantically, and they are done romantically, except for the mall episode, which we'll, we will get to in like 20 episodes of the OCD. But I also think that they will never be done romantically. Mm-hmm. This is why that like, one of them should move away. Yeah. You know, like, you're never going to be the person that you should be unless you get the fuck away from this person. Because they're holding you back a little? Yeah. And that's what we're learning? As friends, one of us should move away? Oh, me and you? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just so listeners know, uh, listeners know, um, before we started recording this episode, Mike gave me two scrapies, <laughs> and that was just his way of telling me that he loves me. But I was so upset that I gave myself four scrapies, I couldn't do it. And also, I don't scrape well, like, yeah. it takes a lot, so you really had to just rub my elbow over cement <laughs> over and over again until I got my scrapies. And it didn't work, so I took a sledgehammer, made that cement even sharper. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to take a break from the drama and talk about Jimmy and Haley. No, that's more drama. Nobody cares about them, though. Before we wrap up on Marissa, and I think that all the OCE listeners know about our feelings on Marissa, is she being rude? Like, are you stoked that she's opening out and, like, uh, asking people for help? Or is she just, like... Leaning on people once again. Asking for people <clears throat> asking people for help is good. But read the room and maybe don't scream at somebody in the middle of your engage at their engagement party. It just feels like she's like, ah, uh, Chino, what is that? Like uh, uh, a city full of maids? And then just goes in and th- does whatever she wants. She could have easily have just gotten a hotel room, just like taken off. She has to know other people somewhere, right? Talked to her dad, maybe. And I do get the thing where she went to the one place that Ryan would know. I get that. Mm -hmm. But really, if she goes to the engagement party, Ryan's going to come. Now there's a fight. Like, that's what happens when Ryan and Marissa go places. And she knows Eddie. And maybe she didn't know an engagement party until she showed up, except that Teresa picked her up. So she called Teresa, said, hey, come drive to Newport. Please pick me up. And Teresa did it. And I'm assuming on that drive, Teresa said, engagement party. Marissa should have been like, stop the car. I fucked up. So is this on Teresa? Should Teresa at some point said, bitch? For sure. But I know that's hard to say. But it's on Mar- Ryan is right when he said, stop thinking about yourself. Because Marissa, that is a weird, impossible, gross place to be in when your mom and your ex-boyfriend have slept with each other. But that doesn't mean you get to put everybody else out in your life. Yeah. Your life sucks. That's hard. That's a speed bump. For sure. I remember when it happened to me. But... It's their engagement party. Like at yeah. a certain point, do you, do you have to think like, oh, I am uh, putting myself out in front of the people who actually matter today? Have yeah. Oh, she definitely is doing that. Have some sense of decorum. Like things are important. Do you remember on your wedding day where your sister said, uh, "I'm getting divorced to this guy, and I'm marrying this guy," and then she had a baby right I in front of everyone, lit all four of them on fire, and like, and I was legally allowed to. Was that cool of your sister? No, that that was not cool. Not cool at all. And Marissa is not Teresa's sister. Hey, Brunelia, don't do that at Mike's next wedding. Okay, don't say her. Sorry. Sorry. That's kind of her thing, though. Every wedding, she divorces a guy. 
finds another person, has a baby. Every one of your weddings or every wedding in every general? Every wedding in Brunelia general. will just Brunelia do that. Brunelia will wedding crash just to do that if she's sick of a relationship. Sometimes I, she'll I, grab the groom. You know what? I'm back on Marissa's side. I kind of like how Brunelia style goes. Oh, Brunelia is so ham that it won you over to Marissa? Yeah. Because Marissa's not as hardcore as Brunelia? Oh, no. I dare you to go up against Brunelia and not... Oh, uh, you can't come to play. <laughs> Brunelia, fucking crazy. Do you think, Are you pissed or stoked that your mom named... One of her kids, Mike, and then the other one, Brunelia. Oh, no, it's horseshit, because there's Brunelia, and there's Lulu, and then there's Mike. Look, I don't want their stupid-ass names, but it is bullshit. I have the most common name in the world. So uh, you are a little bit jealous? Yeah, I want to step towards Brunelia. So you want to talk to your mom and say, like, is there a middle ground between my dumbass, boring name yeah. and Brunelia? It just feels like thought was put into her name, Uh huh. and they flipped the Bible, went, Michael, I guess? Fuck you guys. Fuck you. Brunelia. Of course she's going to fuck up weddings with a name like Brunelia. What would you like it to be? Hmm. So know that we Shorance. have- Shorance? 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 You're a Shorance. Thank you. I could see you as a Shorance. I think I'm a Shorance. Mm-hmm. I could buttle if I wanted to as a Shorance. I could be a driver. And for sure it is Shore? Sure. 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 Nobody would call me Ince. That's not a good nickname. <laughs> I like the back half of sometimes. Like Elizabeth is Beth. Yeah. Shorance is Ince. <laughs> Ince. Sure. Ince. Sure. Ince. Sure. That's my name. Sure. Let's talk about Jimmy and Haley. Mm-hmm. They, Jimmy rolls up to the house. Haley's staying at the house. And Jimmy rolls up in a Hummer with a jacuzzi in the back. Because that's how Jimmy does. He, from his settlement, he received $70,000, spent it all on his Hummer spa car. He shouldn't have the kids. Like, Julie's not wrong. Also, can we do Jimmy's Got a Jimmy right now? Yes. Because Jimmy and Haley are trying to figure out if they should go out with each other. Should we, can we talk about what's happening before we jump right to Jimmy's Got a Jimmy? Sorry, go ahead. You host, I'll respond. (laughs) Jimmy rolls up in his jacuzzi Hummer. Uh, The last time Haley has seen him is saving her from L.A. as a coked out stripper with a very abusive boss, we assume. And he was woke as fuck. He was like, I don't care. Let's just yeah. get you home, but babe. And she, like, jumps on him and kisses him. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing there? And she's like, what the fuck, dude? And he's like, what? In his Jimmy-ish way. And she and I, I do love this about normally Haley can be a real twat. But this is full team Haley. She says, what are you doing? You show up at the house. You show up in L.A. You don't care about me. At least not as much as you care about Sandy and Kirsten or what they think about you. Which is true. That is fucking fact. That is a fact. And then he says, wait. And she goes, what? And he does that. He doesn't, he does the Michael Booth thing. He does not have a follow up. He's just like, wait, is what you say here? He didn't even say, what about that? Is she that big fat woman? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. He doesn't even go full (laughs) Buffalo Bill. Not even full Buffalo Bill. So what is your Jimmy's gonna Jimmy? I, uh, It was hard. I was thinking that, like, actually, Jimmy's doing a really good job this episode because I do think that he is protecting the Haley relationship. He is, like, hold on. I uh, I just kissed Kirsten out of nowhere, like, two weeks ago. What do we think? A month ago? Eight years ago. <laughs> and I should probably slow down. And I should pr- probably stop being Jimmy. And I was, I was thinking that he was doing a good job. Uh-huh. But then my Jimmy's got a Jimmy goes to the fact that... He, uh, he does not mention Marissa a single time. Oh, that wasn't mine. <laughs> he doesn't. Does he even know what's going on? It's not just that what Jimmy does. It's that what Jimmy doesn't do. And he has no idea. He's a that bad dad. His daughter, 
he knows that his ex-wife is a horrible mother. And probably fucking Luke. Which is his... <laughs> probably, he knows that. Oh, he he knows was the her, yeah. first person. Yeah. I think that Jimmy knew that before Luke knew that. <laughs> that Luke was fucking... Uh, Jimmy saw it and Luke went, wait. <laughs> is that that big fat woman? Uh, and for, for the OC, Julie Cooper is a big fat woman. Um, but Bad body standards. It's show. not what Jimmy is doing. I think that he's doing okay. But he's trying so hard to do okay. He's trying so hard to say, like, well, Haley, we got to think about Sandy right. and Kirsten. He's not thinking about, where's Marissa I'm right a now? father, right? Yeah, he's bad. At, mine is not that. Is, uh, he's trying to be good. He's being good a lot. He's saying maybe we shouldn't do all this, all the things you said. And then once Haley, by the end of the episode, is like, you know what? You were right. I have a lot of things to figure out. You have a lot of things to figure out. He goes, no. What? And she's like, what? And he's like, let's just do this. And she's like, why? He's like, Cause it's fun and I'm self-destructive and you're incredible. That's not a good fucking reason, dudes. Jimmy <laughs> and she falls for it because she's also self-destructive. Jimmy's move is to uh, brush his hand across her face and say you're pretty, and then forget about literally everything that has ever happened in his entire life. Every other conversation like this they've had together, he just fucking blanked out. Jimmy's move is to if you brush your hand across somebody's face, that means that uh, you're telling the other person that they're beautiful. And you also lose all me- all sense of self. Jimmy brushed his hand across her face, right on the forehead, then lifted her up into the horizon. <laughs> and then <laughs> all, all of the, the animals, animals just bowed. Uh, I don't know what you guys thought before, but now Haley is king of <laughs> Africa. All of this is yours. White colonialism. Not like not like the hyena boneyard, Haley. Probably no. don't go in there. That's bad oh, stuff. I thought you were saying that was like a bizarre Haley. Hyena boneyard Haley. <laughs> You don't want to fuck with her. So you think that her name is Haley in the real word world and a hyena boneyard in the fake world? Or like if she was a uh, member of GLOW, uh-huh. hyena boneyard hyena would be boneyard. Her, her name. I would not want to fuck with hyena boneyard in the wrestling ring. Oh, sure. I'll mess with you, uh, welfare queen, because you have that gimmick. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to the ring with hyena what boneyard. What is she going to do? I think she has a few gimmicks, and I'm scared of all of them. I mean, that's just like cackling while she murders you. Yeah. Eat your face. Hyena I, I saw boneyard. episode three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hyena people are terrifying. And her her short name is Hi-Bo. Hi-Bo. That sounds cute, but no, it's actually Hyena Boneyard. And Hashtag she's, hi bow. She's going to murder you with bones. And her finishing move is the Hi-Bo, where she jumps from up high and then crushes your face with her elbow. So that's, that's Jimmy. Hi-Bo. That's Jimmy and Haley. Have we covered them? I think so. I like More she, than they deserve. They got a whole goddamn segment. But I do think from now on with our uh, Jimmy's Got a Jimmy Award, we can't not just think about what he does on screen, but it's what also, he's not doing off screen. It's the notes he doesn't play. <laughs> yes, Jimmy's he, like jazz. Jimmy's the jazz of the show. He sucks. Jimmy jazz, Jimmy jazz, Jimmy jazz. When we come back, we will finally talk about the Nana. So, the Nana is in town and happy, which freaks everybody out. Can we talk real quick? Um, all of my grandparents are dead. They all died at the same time. What? They shouldn't have all been in that bed together. I had a real Charlie. <laughs> Murder each Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. Um, but I I do. This this episode gave me that feeling. I remember that feeling of like, I love them so much. Mm-hmm. And I knew that they loved me. Mm-hmm. But there was also that fear. Like they, they could put the fear in you. And it was a different fear than like your mom or dad could. Because you knew that your mom or dad, when they put the fear in you, it'd be over soon. Right, because that legally has to be, or yeah. Otherwise, they go to jail, and your grandparents and I miss them all. 
No, that's not chain you to the wall. I missed about half of them, but they were so awesome and warm and spoily. But then could also like when they hit that when they hit the house when they're hammer when they're here. Did you ever have that like chest pain, gut wrench? Oh my god, my Jewish grandmother is here. Yeah, I I had a I've had eleven grandparents in my life. I have a weird family, and there's definitely at least one of them who, since I was 12, was screaming at me to get a job, like, loathed every decision I ever made. And just so everybody knows, it's not just because, like, the 11 grandparents grandparents are not just because of divorce, but also divorce and remarriage. Yeah. Like, a lot of people divorced we each other and then got new married ones. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like Keep your, it in the family. Your parents would, like... Your dad married your your mom's sister, and your mom married your dad's sister. Like mm -hmm. so, eleven and grandparents. That multiplied grandparents. It's kind of the stupids. Mm -hmm. Like I'm my own grandpa. My favorite Tom Arnold movie. Is there any other? Yeah, like, True Lies is the best Tom Arnold movie. Okay, I that's a don't Tom Arnold that joint. A Tom Arnold movie. It's a movie Tom Arnold is in, but the stupids is a Tom Arnold movie. Okay, vehicle. Vehicle. Have you watched his new Donald Trump show? His new dump? No. Do you I know that not. exists? No. We should do a spin-off podcast. Uh, so yeah, Grandma here is crazy because they get nastier. Yeah. Like they both have infinite, like their ceiling is higher for kindness, but they're they're fucking basement man. That's it. It's it's a higher ceiling, lower basement. It's because insane. they want to spoil you. And they they're so stoked that they don't have kids anymore. Grank it. Right. That's different than raising a kid. But also... They are furious you're not born from the 40s and don't have that work ethic. Your parents have to live with you tomorrow and a week from now and a week from now. But your grandparents' basement, that can get so low. Yeah, because they just they can lock just go you up home. in there. They Think, go home, forget you're in the basement. My grandparents would... Uh, my grandparents were super into uh, cup and ball, but they wouldn't put the cup in the ball. They put the cup right against my head and just hit me with it over and over and over again and then just drive home cackling. <laughs> well, that is a funny joke. They also did this thing where um, I had a seat, I had my own chair, uh -huh. and then Stu had its own crock pot, sure. and they would switch it, and they would <laughs> fill my chair with Stu <laughs> and put me in the crock pot. Uh, my grandparents would, one would crouch behind me while the other pretended she's like going to give me a hug. And did you get Timberwolves? Timberwolves me, but what uh, grandparents are all into old games, uh, cover the floor with jacks. So they Timberwolves me into a floor full of jacks. My grandparents, my uh, mom's dad and my mom's mom had this big debate uh, over what is a wedgie. Is it from the back or from the front? <laughs> no. And to decide the debate, they would uh, both do it at the same time to me and then <laughs> uh, <laughs> look each other in the eyes quietly and make out while I screamed in pain <laughs> while they gave me a front back wedgie. Uh, my, my grandparents used to take me to the bathroom and swirly me, uh -huh. but then forget they were doing because Alzheimer's and then they were also in Catan, so just pee themselves. Not use the toilet. It wasn't gross like that, but then I just had to watch my grandparents forget where they were, and that was emotionally crippling while I was getting a swirly. Grandparents, my grandparents would, uh, they would call me into their bedroom, and then I'd walk in, and they'd be having sex, and they would both say at the exact same time in the exact same tone, we both like our assholes licked, and I would have to figure out a way to do that at the exact same time. You didn't want to pick favorites. No. They, I would have to do them both, but I have a big tongue. And that's why grandparents are terrifying. So is the Nana that bad? I think the Nana's not that bad. So maybe the show should chill out a little. How soon into this? Because we, the Nana is built up to be this awful monster. Mm -hmm. Just like, what's worse to you? Uh, like that Jewish complaining thing of like nitpicking everything or East Coast thing of like, oh, she's from the East Coast. and she, uh, Bagels, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Uh, 
the the Nana's built up to be this huge monster. She comes in. She's dope. She's Dog. awesome. Yeah. How soon into this episode, and I'm assuming that you forgot about the end of the episode, uh-huh. did you figure out that, like, oh, something's up? When she was trying to be sweet and Sandy, who is, like, our moral compass, was throwing shade at her and her being like, oh, the whole neighborhood raised you. And his, like, somebody had to do it. There was a flash of Nana, like, <laughs> you're like oh, she's hiding something there because she wants to unload and isn't for some reason. Yeah, when she walked in, she acted so different that uh, Sandy raised an eyebrow. And uh-huh. that, that takes a lot. Like, that takes... It is heft. That's, uh, like, $2 million worth of CGI in order for him to just get one because eyebrow. The actor physically could not do it. There's no way. They are drooping. He's doing all of his muscles to not have it droop over his eyes. Do you... She was great. Yes. The actress, and, yes. Yes. And... But when she was nice, she was nice. Mm-hmm. And when she was awful, she was awful. Like, at some point, uh, Kirsten and Sandy and the Nana are having a conversation, and Kirsten says something, and uh, the Nana says, nobody was talking to you. Oh, yeah. That was cartoonishly villainous. She was great, and she was awful. But the middle ground, that's where I think this actress shined. Yeah, I mean, her interactions with Seth, and he was being a snot face. Uh, But I get it. Like, he's probably not dealt with death before. Maybe, actually. There's a lot of people not in the picture, so he probably has dealt with death before. So maybe that's why he, he does want Kayla to die, because everybody does. He doesn't want Nana, even though she's scary. She's not evil. Uh, also, it's hard for somebody like Seth to tell the difference between Caleb's lies, which are constant and political, mm-hmm. and the Nana's lies, yeah. which are just to protect people from my impending death. Right. They all feel like hurtful lies. You know, we know that Caleb is a monster, and the Nana... Intent is different. Yeah, it has an agenda. And the agenda is, I don't want to take people's time and concern. Mm-hmm. But they, to Seth, they all feel like the same lies. And, and in, in that middle ground, it's, not, it's dealing with Seth, it's dealing with Sandy. And like she's sharp and mad, but also when he's like, Dad left, but so did you. And she wants to be mad, but is like, oh, fuck. Uh, but then one of the best lines of this episode and this actress delivers is she's still angry at Kirsten. It's at the, towards the end, everybody's trying to make up and it's just her and Kirsten in the kitchen and Kirsten lays it on her and she's like, Oh good. With the honesty, I've never seen that from you. And Kirsten's like, you don't know me. You've never tried to know me. And it's hard if you're Kirsten to know the difference between, um, this is just how she is, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to deal with it, or I'm going to take this personally. I like It's hard to find that line, right. because that's how Nana's walk. That's a line that Nana's walk. Nana's walk in a, on a line where, like, I want you to be confused about how I mean this. Is it personal, or is it right. not? Like, am I saying, oh, you're just rich and white, or do I specifically hate you and you, you. alone? Though, with the Nana, nobody was talking to you. I assume this Nana... Does not care. She wants you to know it's personal. That would have been, yeah, exactly. But then uh, when Summer and Kirsten, is that what you're talking about in the kitchen? No, Su- it was the Nana and Kirsten. Okay. So later on, Summer and Kirsten are talking about how nervous they are by the Nana. Or Summer's telling Kirsten, the Nana makes uh-huh, me nervous. Uh-huh. And the Nana walks in and right. overhears and's like, what's up? What were you guys talking about? And Summer bolts. Yeah. Summer's strong. Bye. Summer's brave, but she's she's out of there. She dives into the pool and swims away and, like, makes it to Cuba. But Kirsten says, oh, we were talking about how scary you are. 
This is the interaction I was talking about. Yeah. Yes. You just started earlier. Sorry. No, it's fine. But yeah, that whole interaction from there was fucking awesome. And I think that that's probably the boldest Kirsten has ever been. Because she saw Summer. I don't want to be like Summer. Maybe I've always acted like Summer mm-hmm. in front of the Nana. Who j- and Summer just bolted. I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how scary you are. And if somebody's dying, they get to say whatever they want. But and so Kirsten knows at this point. You also get to say whatever you want. Yeah, and Kirsten does know that she's dying. Yeah, this is towards the end of the episode. Because Nana comes in and says, did you tell her that I was dying? And Kirsten's like, no, I would never. I'm no. Kirsten. I'm perfect. I'm not some sort of Luke just screaming everybody's secrets out in the city. I'm sorry I had also, sex with the Nana's by disease. By the way, have you heard this boy slept with our neighbor? And then she says, yeah, you know what? I am scary. And that's crazy mm-hmm. because she knows that she's owning is. it. Yeah. Like, I know that I am. And part of it is because you're all weak and stupid. And part of it is it's a defense mechanism yeah. because that this is how I handle things. Yeah. You know? Her husband left her 50 years ago. So now she's like, well, puck everybody, push them away. Her husband left her and Sandy and Sandy's two siblings. Who we have never, never met. heard of. We have never heard of it and we'll never hear of again. Really? By the way, oh my God. What? Mike. Lay it on me. So we will never, I don't think that we will ever hear about Sandy's siblings. But did you know in the future we will have a flashback where an actor will play Sandy? No. Do you know who it is? Who? I'm not going to tell you. Yes, it's Schmidt, isn't it? Mike. You might have told me this before. Oh, I did? Do you know who plays Schmidt's dad in the show New Girl? Is it Sandy Cohen? It's Sandy Cohen. That's insane. This is why TV's the best. TV Movie rules. doesn't do this shit. Movies don't do that. Movies That's are so fucking stupid. Fun. So everybody wraps up in a very, I think this is one of the like healthiest real arcs. People aren't full house hugging strings. They're not buddy buddy, but they've all grown. And at this Passover table is Sandy, Kirsten, Nana, Seth, Summer, Jimmy, uh, Haley, Marissa, Ryan. George. Paul Ringo? Uh, George's boss, George's dad, trying to put a pole in the middle of the room. There's a lot of stuff going on. And Summer crushes uh, reading the Festivus book, the Passover book, because she memorized it because Seth did not tell her she could just read from the book. Uh, and it's, it's earned heartwarming. And I think that there's a good message here of not, don't let holidays fix your problems, but instead fix your problems before holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I think the show did a good job of uh, getting everybody in that Nana relationship, but then still having a great Passover. Seder. Se- yeah, yes. Seder. Like that dinner was still, it, like, we're not going to forget our shit because of the holiday. Right. They're all Seder, but wiser afterwards. And then one of the best lines, it was hinted at earlier. Oh, is this, you talk is this, about it. Is this Benjamin McKenzie it's getting that Emmy? Ben and Marissa, Ryan and Marissa walk into the door and Sandy says, how was home? You're supposed to finish this. Oh, I, I'm going to cry if I finish this. Uh, so uh, Ryan just got back from Chino, and Sandy says, how was home? And Ryan says, uh, you tell me I was in Chino. <laughs> and what is this, 20 episodes in? Uh-huh. And I cannot believe. 20 episodes in, and the seventh time I've seen this, and I cannot believe how much I was like, oh, my God, Ryan, why did you so say that right misty. now? misty. Yeah. So that's the episode. Do you, we have some outstanding awards. 
Yes. Yeah. What's your magical music moment? Um, my magical music moment, and this is just the OCD trying to figure out, or I'm sorry, the OC trying to figure out what the OC is like, or slightly outside the OC. Um, but the main song at the Chino party was Modest Mouse. Yeah, it was. Float on. Do you know who would never be into Modest Mouse? Eddie and Teresa. No fucking way. What is is it just Limp Biscuit all the time? Like, or if they're classy Morrissey. Uh, yeah. This this would be uh like in the ch- early two thousands. Yeah, no, they're not into this. Any Chino party would have any Chino engagement party. Did it all for the nookie. <laughs> what? They would have hired hired puddle of mud. And Puddle of Mud would have shown up. But because this is a Josh Schwartz show, uh, Modest Mouse is playing the Chino Party. Modest Mouse is playing the fucking Chino Party. Do you have a Sandy Wisdom? Yeah. Um, he, does, he, he does say one obvious Sandy Wisdom thing, which is uh, if you're happy, you're not working hard enough. Oh, that's what he's... Is that the Nana? He's saying he's quoting the Nana. Okay, so that's the Nana. But, <laughs> Nana uh, Wisdom. Also, that's not good wisdom. I think the most important Sandy wisdom is we have to get all the bread out of the house. Just guys, everyone, oh, every house, panics? get all the bread well, out of the house. It's not good for your stomach. Yeah, it's, it's not good. He was way ahead of his time. So much carbs, so many carbs, get it out of the house. Orange couture? Uh, my orange couture is uh, Kirsten, for most of the episode, um, wears a, uh, like a tablecloth, a weird like doily, mm-hmm. as a shirt with a big scarf. And that's just not real clothes. That's not real clothes. Yeah. Those are just... Furniture accoutrement. Mm-hmm. Can I a comic connection for you, Ryan? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Seth is trying to describe Nana and Kirsten to Ryan, I believe, because they're opposites. Mike, yes, is that what they are? Okay, and he says she's the Green Arrow to Mom's Hawkman, the Wolverine to her Cyclops, and I danced around the room. Uh huh. But Ryan did, was barely new. He's like, okay, I don't. That doesn't help me here at all. So they're both what drawn. Yeah, like penciled, I guess. Uh, that's obviously the comics connection, but I would like to make one more. Ooh, do it. Lay it on me, baby. Um, somebody in this episode reads a Wizard of Magazine. Do you remember that? No. Who Wizard Magazine. That? Oh, God, man. If you were just, if you were like three years older. Oh, I remember Wizard Magazine. Yeah. I don't remember anybody reading it. Yeah, there was one in this episode, and it made my heart hurt. I would love to get a new Wizard Magazine just, right just now. Just flip through Wizard and then jump oh. on Fangoria. Oh, my God. Oh my god. And that's all the awards? I think that's it. That is it. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Marissa. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Sandy and Kirsten. Thank you, Nana. Thank you, Summer. Thank you to the Holophonics for that sweet, sweet tunes. If you want more of what we do, check out yourpopfilter.com. If you want to help us out, what can you do? You tell me, Mike. I was in Gino. Oh my god, it is so meaningful no matter what you say before that. If you want to. If you want to help us out, go to patreon.com slash yourpotfilter. Um, give us a couple of shekels. Pick a tier. There's a tier for what, however much you make yearly. If you make $45,000 a year, that's not bad. Then you would jump to the $40,000 a year tier, which in that you get, what is that? Everything. You own us. <laughs> yeah. You can make us stop doing the show. If you hate the show, join the $40,000. forty grand. <laughs> And, and and we'll do it. Uh, Patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. You can also help us out by going to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. That is your new Amazon bookmark. That's how you shop. It helps us out. It does not affect you after you make that your bookmark. How can you get in touch with us? You can do that in a couple of ways. If you think that we did a good job, 
or a bad job. If you think that we did a middle job, I, don't, I would just say keep that to yourself for right now. But if you think that we did a good job or a bad job, email us. Contact at yourpotfilter.com and uh, make OCD the subject line, and we will read your email on the show. You could also give us a little read. <laughs> you said Alfonso. <laughs> you could, Alfonso, this is specifically for you. Hey, Alfonso, Alfonso, where are you at? Give us a little ring-a-ding-ding. Give us a voicemail. Call our robot associate, 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DR-DJ-POP. He is a doctor. He is a DJ. He's all robot. One of his hands is a... Poop face. And his other hand is a... Face poop. And he will put your voice on this very show if your name is Alfonso. Is there social media? Yeah, there is. Uh, we are on Twitter. Please follow us at Your Pop Filter. We're such a good follow. That, like... Uh, don't email us or call the robot. That's bullshit. And <laughs> Stop like, calling the goddamn robot. We gen- we genuinely don't care. But you should follow us because we do care about Twitter and we try really hard. We're a pretty good follow at your pot filter. If you like this show, you should obviously already be subscribed to it wherever you get your podcasts. You should also rate it. You should also review it. Are there other podcasts they might enjoy? I don't think so. Okay, there's no other podcast you'll like, but maybe there's podcasts you hate, like Superhero Hour, Movie of the Year, and Taylor Talking Taylor. No, oh, I just thought of one. What? Uh, movie of the Year, where me and you go over the best movie of uh, like a given year. I think that's a really good one, Movie of the Year. Uh, I think that the Superhero Hour Hour, where we cover every TV show based on the comic book, is very good. That's the Superhero Hour 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 Hour. And then uh, Taylor Talking Taylor. Taylor, Taylor. Where uh, Taylor tries as hard as he can to not talk about us, which is adorable. <laughs> it's super adorable. That's it. That's all the things. That's the show. Do you know what's happening next week on the OC, Ryan? I actually don't, but I'm so excited. Caleb proposes to Julie. Did you say Caleb or Caitlin? Caleb. Caitlin? It's not that weird. Caleb. Caitlin proposes to Julie. Yep, that's what happens. Caitlin proposes to Julie. Latro. California. Yeah.